you are about to watch Plerud by Pastor Chumdi Ohahuna. As he brings to you a message from God's Word, that will build you up and make you complete in Christ Jesus our Lord. Jesus said in the book of John chapter 15 verse 8, Herein is my Father glorified, that you bear much fruit, so shall you be my disciples. We pray that as you watch this teaching you will receive the empowerment to bear much fruit in Christ. Now listen. To deal with six of the things that Jesus came to do. Lord has helped us thus far dealing with six. Today we enter the seventh one. We'll keep on doing what God will help us do and um, keep following Him as He leads us. Amen. Amen. And I believe that it's very important for the church to understand the finished work of Christ and to enforce it. Doctrines should not divide us, um, 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 ideologies should not divide us. We are meant to be united by one person, and that's Jesus. And so the focus has to be Jesus and his finished work. Amen. And with that, the church can attain what God wants her to attain. Amen. Today we're understanding the seventh work that Jesus came to do, and that is to give eternal life. To give eternal life. Anchor scriptures, John chapter 6, verse 51. Jesus speaking said, I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If any man eats of this bread, he shall live forever. And the bread that I will give is my flesh which I will give for the life of the world. Amen. And John 3, 16 says, For God so loved the world, and he gave his only begotten Son, and so ever believeth in him, should not perish, but have everlasting life. Amen. Which will grant us inspiration, grant us revelation into your word, in the name of Jesus. Now for us to understand eternal life thoroughly, we must first understand eternal death. Amen to Jesus. Now I like starting off in this way because I think it helps us a lot. Like I always say, so someone once said, the proof of the existence of the original is the presence of the counterfeit. Hallelujah to Jesus. So the devil is not a threat to God. Amen. The devil is not actually the opposite of God. The devil is a creature of God. Amen to Jesus. But what he tries to do that is tries to counterfeit what God does. And so when he brings the counterfeit, people are afraid of the counterfeit. But the thing is that the counterfeit should never make you afraid. The counterfeit should make you relaxed. <laughs> because it's an assurance that the original is hanging around. Yes. Amen. Yes. Amen. Praise God. And so we, 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 I generally like starting from the other extreme and get to the other extreme. It helps us understand better. So let's understand what eternal death actually means. Eternal death as it were, we, we, we just when we hear the word eternal death, these are all and let me use the word doctrinal teachings. Amen. Doctrinal teachings that um, some of them are theological, they are all theological also. Amen. And um, over the years there have been so many disputes about doctrines and theology and everything that I am not a theologian. Amen. Um, I am a a student of the Bible, praise God, and I'm trusting God that I do thank God we have no study theology. But for now, I'm a student of the Bible. So as a student, I just give my student understanding. And as many other students who want to work with my student understanding, they are welcome to the, to the club of students understanding. So, amen to Jesus. Alright, so for us to understand this, we must understand first that there were two trees in the Garden of Eden. These two trees are very, very important. They play a pivot role in the whole of eternity. Amen. The two trees in the Garden play a pivot role in the whole of eternity. Praise God. They play a pivot role from Genesis chapter 1 to Revelation. They are very, very important. And without understanding of these two trees, we can't really navigate 
eternity in the fullness of it. Eternity from God's heaven, from God's perspective, and from time perspective. Because eternity, time is a part of eternity. Are we together? Eternity was before time. Eternity is in time, and eternity is after time. So for us to navigate eternity from time perspective, we must understand these two things that we're regarding. And it's very important. Amen to Jesus. Now, there was a tree of knowledge of good and evil. Amen. And there was a tree of life. Amen to Jesus. Uh, but we'll go through, let's go through some uh, scripture, Genesis 3, verse 6 to 7, where Eve had to eat the tree. But she says, And when woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was pleasant to the eyes, um, and a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took up the tree, took of the fruit thereof, and did eat, and gave also unto her husband with her, and did eat. And the eyes of them both were opened, and they knew that they were naked. And they sold fig leaves together and made themselves apron. Now, I think the first three we're going to deal with today is a tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Are we together? That actually is a tree that has to do with the tree of it, that has that, that, that let me use the word, breathed eternal death. The tree of knowledge of good and evil is not a tree that is not a it's not a tree that produces a fruit called death. Are you understand what I'm saying? It doesn't produce a fruit called eternal death. In fact, the fruit it produces is what? The fruit, the fruit is called the fruit is called knowledge of good and evil. Knowledge of good and evil is good. It's not a bad fruit. It's a very good fruit. Amen. But the end result of the fruit, when eating from with the wrong motion, with the wrong motive, and with the wrong mindset, produces eternal death. Are we together? You see, most of the time I was trying to understand how this is operating. The tree on itself is a good tree, the fruit it produces is a good fruit, but the motive for eating the fruit determined whether it was death it produced or life it produced. Are you understand what I'm saying? And the motive of Eve eating the fruit was not right, and that's how it produced what? Death for them. Amen. Alright. Prior to when Adam ate of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, both him and Eve were naked, but they were never ashamed. Amen. They were naked and they were not ashamed. Number one, number two, they were naked and they never knew they were naked. Two things. They were naked and they were not ashamed. Number two, they were naked and they never knew they were naked. Now, okay, it would be possible for them to be naked and knew they were naked. Are you understanding? But the truth is that for the fact that they were not ashamed, that means it would have not been possible for them to know that they were naked. The knowledge of nakedness came as a result of shame. I'm born in that in this teaching. We learned that in this teaching. Genesis um, um, 2, verse 25. It says, And they were both naked, the man and his wife, and were not ashamed. So the issue here is not about nakedness. The issue here is about what? Shame. Are you getting me? You see, one of the things that as students of the world we do is to look for the look for the main subject. The main issue, the subject matter, and deal with it. Our issue is not just to lump up things. Because one of the challenges that uh, we've had in the church today is that we lump up a lot of things. I'm not against people who hold this scripture as they preach. It's a good thing. In fact, I wish I could know plenty of verses in my head to help me a lot. Amen. But I believe that one of the things that the Church of Jesus will emphasize on now is analyzing scriptures in the right context. Are you getting me? There's so much 
to analyze. The fact is that if we analyze, if we start analyzing today, by the time Jesus is coming the second time, we have not finished analyzing. That's the truth. That's why Apostle Paul said we know in parts. We know in parts. And he says we see us in the glass. That's why there's so much to analyze. But if we start analyzing scriptures in the right context of scriptures, break them down, it will help us a great deal. Amen to Jesus. So now, he says they were both naked and they were not ashamed. This makes us understand that shame was what made them know that they were naked. You see that? Had they not been ashamed, they would not have known that they were naked. So the subject here, the issue here was not them being naked. Are you getting me? Neither was the issue about them being knowing that they were naked. The issue was about what? Shame. 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 So, it means that when God created Adam and Eve naked, he never allowed shame to come near them. Are you understand what I'm saying? He, he, he made sure that shame did not come there. And what is the opposite of shame? Glory, honor. That is when God created Adam and Eve, he, made, he gave them glory and honor. So in nakedness, there was still glory and honor and they were never ashamed. And they never knew they were naked. Are you understand what I'm saying? Yes. When the devil came to tempt Eve, his major, his major focus was to remove that glory and give them shame. Mm. Mm. That's how the book of Isaiah says, for your shame you shall have no good. Another translation says, instead of shame, I prefer that translation. Instead of shame, you shall have what? Trouble. For your shame you shall have trouble means that okay, you've already been through the shame. And then God will give you double return or double restoration or double glory for the shame. Are you getting me? But I like the other translation that puts it instead. That means you won't even go through the shame at all. The devil made shame for you. You won't go through the shame. Instead, I will give you double of what the devil planned for you. Exactly. Are you understanding? So I like that transition. So God advanced it. And you know why I said that transition? Because from the beginning, God clothed Adam and Eve with glory and they never knew they were ashamed. So the devil was against that glory. Hear me very well. He was called Lucifer. The 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 the, 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 the morning sun. He was he was the the, 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 the beauty most most the beauty of beauty personified in, in, in the angels. He was the highest ranking, most beautiful angel. He knew what glory meant. He knew what splendor meant. I hear something. For him to even think of making his heaven in the he among the heavens and make his throne with Elohim. I hear something. For him to think of that, he meant that his glory was was his glory was so high that he was already beginning to see himself like Elohim. Are you getting me? He didn't carry ordinary glory. I hear something. He didn't carry it up. According to the hierarchy of beings, before God created man, the devil had, God, had, God had created Lucifer. So in the hierarchy of things, it was Elohim. And after Elohim, it was Lucifer. Then you had the angels. Are you getting me? Because man was not created. So when God created Adam, what happened is that God took the glory that belonged to Lucifer and he placed it on Adam. Are you getting what I'm saying? So the glory of Adam's glory was a replacement for the glory of Lucifer. And that glory was so important to Lucifer. Because it was that glory that made him think that he could not become unlike Elohim. Because for him, he saw the glory was so all, was so great, that in, in just a little step more, he would be Elohim. Mm. Mm. Because somebody that is far cannot think of doing that. Are you getting what I'm saying this morning? 
Somebody who's, who, who is, oh, oh, how do I explain this? How do I, how do I explain this? Somebody in a, in, in a slum, in a slum, deep, deep slum, well, not slum is even good, in a village, like, like there was a village that were not, they were not wearing clothes then in Nigeria, Kumahi. People in Kumahi will never, it will never cross their mind. In their wildest dream, they will never have the dream of planning a coup to overthrow the government. Is it possible? <laughs> Amen. Even using the swarm is still good. People in common, where they don't wear clothes, where they don't, it's like they are not in this world. That one is not helping them after a while. People, there are some people that, there are some people that, that live like that, they don't wear clothes, it's like they are not in this world. People in that place, we never think of planning a coup to overthrow the government. But those who are special aids to the government, are you not know something? They are the ones who can think of planning a coup to do what? Overthrow the government. Lucifer was a special aid. And so he started rubbing his shoulder with it. He said, I was there, there's no difference. The thing is not, it's not far, I can take it. And his coup finally failed. And when his coup failed, God looked for another person who could carry that glory. And he wanted, he looked among the angels, he looked at Michael. He said, no, angels, angels, no matter. He looked at Gabriel, no angels, angels, no, 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 see, I, 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 he repented me that I gave Lucifer this glory. So I will not make that kind of step again. It's not a mistake. I will not take that kind of decision again to give an angel this kind of glory. I will look for somebody to give this glory. And he said, let us make man in our own image and after our own likeness. In other words, somebody that can replicate our glory. Who I can take this glory of Lucifer and put on. So when he made man, he took that glory that Lucifer lost and he put it on man. And yet, remember, he didn't make Lucifer his image and likeness. Lucifer was an angel. But when he made man, he made man his image, so he repaired Lucifer. And uh, he don't Jealous over you. Mm. No wonder then he said, in What is man that thou art mindful of him? And the soul of man that thou art mindful of him. Come in the glory and honor, and thou art mindful of him. You know what the angels, the angels, the other tradition means the heavenly beings. The other tradition means Elohim. Elohim comprises of everybody in heaven. You're not mindful of what are God said, I will not only make somebody. Who I will put this glory on? But the person must be like me. He must have my image and like Lucifer, he didn't have my image and like you is being God. He didn't have my image and like I just created you. But this one must be like me. So my God, you don't understand God was man was a well thought out plan. Why? Because he made man to create to, to correct the mistake of Lucifer. You don't understand. This is not part of the teaching. I've never studied the main teaching. The part of the teaching. God made Adam to correct the mistake of Lucifer. Come on, if man knows who we are, that was he made Adam to correct the mistake. So he took the glory that belongs to Lucifer. After Lucifer fell, how Adam fell? Son of the morning. After he fell, as he was falling, he was falling. God took the glory before he fell. Uh, you can't take it that far. No, 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 no. You can't take it. You can't take that glory and fall. God took the glory for me, put it in his pocket, but you can fall now. You can't take that glory and fall to the earth and scatter the earth. Because if you are taking that glory and falling, the earth will not be scattered and beautiful. He took the glory and told him you can fall. 
said, send him out. You can fall. Where he fell, he fell without the glory. God kept that glory. And he said, this glory is useless to be here. I still need to give it to somebody. Are you understand what I'm saying? Somebody needs to carry this glory. And when you look at him, he had a, a meeting. They are right at the consensus and say, let us make man. Only he can carry this glory. So hear me very well. You are not just only carrying what Lucifer lost. You are also carrying the very image and likeness of the king. Lucifer was just a creature, but you are the image and likeness of the king. So when Lucifer looked at Adam, he saw that glory back on Adam. Oh, it hurt him. And you know what? He did not tell him what he was about to do. God will not give them a hint. So the devil was surprised to see Adam carrying his. He said, The devil knows that glory. Just that we don't know the glory. The devil knows it. He recognizes it. He recognizes it from a distance. When he saw Adam and he saw the glory, he looked at him and said, Why? And we say, Because this one is my image. And I said, What am I? Then he said, You are just a creature. Ah! He prayed him. He said, You know what I'm going to do? I will drink off that glory from him. So the target of losing of Satan was the glory. Some of us say, he just wanted to, well, why did he fall Adam? Why did he fall Adam? Why, uh, why did Adam? No, you don't understand. The problem was the glory. That was the target. The glory. And you know, the only way to deal with, to, to remove that glory was to give him shame. He looked at Adam. This guy, he doesn't even know that he's naked right? because there's a glory. He doesn't know that she's naked because there's a glory. I don't know if angels wear clothes, I don't know. But these people were not wearing clothes and they were not naked because there was a glory. And he said, there's only one thing I can do. If I can remove this glory and give them shame, then they will know that they're naked. And he targeted the glory. Are you know what I'm saying? Secondly, you must understand that for both of them to be naked and not ashamed, it makes us understand that being naked before each other was not wrong before God. Being naked before each other was not before God. And also based on the fact that before God they were not naked, before the God they were clothed in glory. Are you understand what I'm saying? Yes. And it's also because that it's good and right to be exposed for to be exposed for, for nakedness to be exposed between man and woman in the confines of marriage. Amen. But it's bad to be exposed outside the confines of marriage. Are you understand what I'm saying? That's the reason why one of the things that the devil does, what is the, what, what's, what's nudity? Nudity is all about the devil removing the glory of, 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 of the covering. And he doesn't do it within marriage, he does it outside marriage. That's all. And that's where shame comes in. So he understands this glory thing. See, the devil is, he was created before us. He's smarter than man. I don't know why man does not want to accept the fact that the, the devil is smarter than him. And he plays some tactical chess game that we don't understand. It only takes the Holy Spirit to make us reason and overcome him. Yes. God told them that the day they eat of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, they will die. The death from God's perspective was death. But from Satan's perspective, it was a fight for glory. If I can't, if I can't have this glory, you won't have it. Are you understanding? When I see people have that mentality of if I can't have it, you won't have it, it's a devil's mentality. Yes. It's a simple, it's a devil's mentality. I, I can't have the glory, you can't have it. You see, the devil's fight was a fight for the glory. You see, 
and God said, "Did you do a petition?" That death was just the issue for the devil. You wouldn't have an issue. Are you getting what I'm saying? The devil's issue was the glory. And let me tell you something: death, eternal death, is not just about going to hell. Eternal death is about losing the glory of God. Eternal death is called incapable. revelation of eternal death because once a man loses the glory, the, uh, the, the hellfire is, 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 not the, is, is not the main thing itself. It's just a short anchor. Ah, are you getting it? It come out. So the devil is after the glory. Because once he can bring an incapable situation to man, remember Eli, when his sons went to, went, went to, to battle and they died in battle. And the news came to Eli. Remember, said Eli was an old man. And as he heard the news, in shock, he, he was sitting down and in shock, and his head fell backward and he broke his neck and he died. One of his, the wives of his soul was pregnant. And in that same shock, she entered into labor and gave birth to a child. And she, they named the child Incabod. The glory is the pattern. The greatest attack of the devil of man is the attack to bring incapable upon a man. Once he brings incapable upon a man, eternal death has been granted. Our only life is the glory of God. Are we together? Yes. He knew what he lost and he wants everyone to lose it. God told them not to eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And then they eat of it, they would die. Genesis 3, verse 3 says, But of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, You shall not eat of it, neither shall you touch it, lest you die. Now, you notice some, know something here. The moment Adam and Eve ate of the tree, they felt discovered that they were naked. This means that the first manifestation of death is shame, death, and nakedness. The absence of the glory. The first manifestation of of, of eternal death is what? The absence of the glory. Shame better nakedness. Not just nakedness, but nakedness that came as a result of shame. Because they were naked before, but they were not ashamed. Now they are naked and they are shamed. And the shame gave birth to this nakedness. That's the first manifestation of eternal death. In fact, that is eternal death itself. But the glory is the pattern. Eternal death is already present. So that's why the glory is very, very important. We must guide the glory. The devil knows what he lost when he lost the glory, and he wants every one human being to lose that glory, the glory of God. I you know what I'm saying? Listen to this. Adam and Eve were not wearing clothes, but they were not ashamed. That means the glory makes a man, no matter the status you are, you will never be ashamed. Here is where you It's not about your bank account. We have, we have misunderstood this as a church over the years. It's not about the car you drive. It's not about the house you live in. Are you know what I'm saying? It's not about the assets you possess. It is about the glory. The glory is not about these things. Adam was naked. What does that mean? There was no property in court. He came to meet everything there. There was no property. He didn't have any assets. He didn't have any fixed deposits. He didn't have any bank account. He didn't have any car. Blah, 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 blah. He was naked. Nakedness speaks of what? Emptiness. It speaks of nothing. That's why we said naked we come and naked shall be going. By the time we are going, when we come, we come with nothing. When we go, we go with nothing. No assets, no car, no liability, nothing, nothing. We go like that. Nakedness speaks of having nothing. But though he had nothing, yet he was not ashamed. The glory is not about property. That's why the Bible says a man's life of God consists of the abundance of his 
is about what God has put on you. That's why Adam was naked, but he was not seen one ashamed. As it were, from the physical point of view, he had nothing, but he was not seen one ashamed. That means as a child of God, when you have the glory, you may not have anything, but you will not still be ashamed. But today, Christians only quantify the glory by their possessions. So when they don't have what their brother has, they are ashamed. So you don't, cannot come to church. Why did you come to church? Because I didn't have a free to give. Huh? We cannot, and we don't go to that church. Why don't you go to that church? Because some of them, they, they drive baby cars, and me, I don't have cars. So you know what you're trying to tell me that the glory is in things and not in the, per, in, in the person of, 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 of Jesus. They carry the glory, though they were naked. I hear something. So it means as a child, well, you can be naked, but you can still carry the glory. You may not have physical possession, but you can see what? Carry the glory. Amen. Amen. So the moment they ate of it, what happened? They became ashamed. They saw that they were naked. This means that the moment Adam and Eve discovered that they were naked, they had died before that moment. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Yes. The, the moment they discovered they were naked, they died before that moment. So you ask me, is it that they ate the food that they died? Technically, no. Because the moment they discovered they were naked and they were ashamed, they died before that moment. So when did it happen? It happened when Eve said, the Bible said, and when she saw that the food was good in the eye and good for food and the fruit to be looked upon, when her loss had taken over her and when in her mind she had decided to eat of the fruit, that was when she died. And how do I prove it to you? Jesus said, he said, in the Lord, they tell you, when you commit fornication with a woman, you have to, when you do the act physically, you have committed fornication. He said, but now I tell you, in my own law, that is the law of life in Christ Jesus, the law of grace, which you are talking about. He said, when you look upon a woman lustfully to have her, you have committed it. So, Eve did not die when she ate the fruit. Eve died when she lost her after the fruit. That's when she died. That, that's when she died. So that death comes in the thoughts. Yes. Hallelujah. It doesn't come physically. See, and she is. You see, they just felt that immediately they ate the food. Bah. Instantly they were naked. Bah. Instantly they discovered they were naked. Bah. And they were ashamed. Bah. It was. It, see, God is a God of instant miracles. But when it comes to those kind of things, they are processed. That's why the Bible says sin first comes in the heart. Sin comes in the heart. Premeditated thoughts that have turned into action. So Eve died before she ate the food physically. Because in her thoughts, she had eaten it. And it will surprise you to know that many don't know that day that she ate it. Because we see in one of our teachers, we discover that the devil doesn't just tempt you if you are not start studying you. He needs to study you and know what that thing you like. So every day, he will pass it and say, Hey, Adam, are you saying that God said you should make it? Adam said, Yes. I said, Don't eat it. Leave the matter. Let's go. Let's go. What that is. But Adam, I said, Don't eat it. God said you should eat it. Leave it and let's go. So he, the serpent would have destroyed it. And he would have known when her mind was ready to eat it. She said, Ah, today I have an opportunity, Adam. I will eat it. That was the day she ate it. And you know something? That was the day she ate it. 
Amen. Genesis chapter 6. Also, God told them that the day they eat of the fruit, they will die. This actually happened because Adam did not live up to one day before God, which is a thousand years before man. Genesis 3 verse 5 says, And all the days of Adam, all the days that Adam lived were 930 years, and he died. Second Peter 3 verse 8 says, But beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing, that one day is with the Lord as a thousand years, and a thousand years as one day. Adam lived what? 930 years and died. So he did not live up to 1,000 years. A day for God is a thousand years for man. So he didn't get up to one thousand. In fact, nobody has ever lived up to one thousand. But to say that now we are So nobody has been able to live up to one day before God. So the day after eight of it, he didn't live the complete day, he died before God. Actually, died before she ate it. Are you, are you something? Praise God. Amen. So, although Adam and Eve were alive physically, they were already dead spiritually. This was the beginning of spiritual death for man. That's what is called eternal death. That was the beginning. See, I want you to understand that eternal death begins here and ends there. Just like eternal life begins here and what? Ends in life after now. This morning I began to think and I was like, was it this morning or some days, was it yesterday? I began to think and I was like, why is it that people invest so much into time and do not invest into eternity? Mm. Time is too infinitesimal when compared to eternity. Why do you invest so much into time and not invest into eternity? It's so pathetic, it's so painful. I, I know the funny thing, you know the funny thing? It's it's when some young people start getting old, they start realizing that they invested too much into time. And by that time, they have wasted the time, the energy, and the resources that they have used to invest into eternity. And they now start investing trickles into eternity that time. Because what the body should have used to sow into the work of God, sow into the kingdom, you have used it to buy shoes and buy clothes and buy latest food. Now, when you invest into shoes, you have invested into your liability. Mm. When you invest into phones, you have invested into your liability. In fact, you have invested into what is called rags. When you invest into food, you have invested into your liability. Iron. Metals and plastic that will give away very soon. So what happens will they bring for you? When you invest into rags, rag will yield you more rags. Mm. When you invest into plastic, plastic will give you what? More debris. But no man invests into the kingdom and does not get great results. That's why you see those who invested into the kingdom at their young age, at their old age, they are investing more. Because what they have, the, the investment of 10 years ago, 15 years, 20 years ago, has now multiplied and it's that brought harvest that they cannot invest more bountifully. And you know what I'm saying? So when we talk about eternal death, we only look at hell, hell, hell. But I believe in this teaching, we'll be able to understand what eternal death is. It is Ichabod. The loss of glory. It is Ichabod. Number two, it is man's inability to live a thousand years. It is man's inability to live one day. I remember something. Every man will not live one day. No man will live one thousand years on this earth. No man. 
So that is number one, technically, from physical point of view, every man, for every man dies. Every man has died. Bible says, all have seen the country of the real world. The reason she is there. Are you what I'm saying? But now, for us to escape this, for us to escape that part of eternal death, which is no man living up to a thousand years, we have to go back to what? The glory. Are you getting it? Only the glory is the antidote to eternal death. Because without the glory, every man has already been enlisted in the school of eternal death and must enter the school. Yeah. Praise God. Alright. Why did Adam and Eve die after eating the fruit? That's an important question to ask also. So we can get the answer. Prior to when Adam ate the fruit, good and evil was existing in him. Very important to know. That's why the fruit itself, the tree itself was not the problem. Are you getting me? The motive for eating the tree was a problem. Some of us feel that, some, some husbands feel that their wife is a problem. No, your wife is not a problem. Your motive towards your wife is a problem. See, your husband, no, your husband is not a problem. Your motive towards your husband is a problem. So there is, suppose we are, this, this, this denomination is a problem. No, it's not your motive. What is your motive? That would say God checks the heart. Always, if you do something good, but you have the wrong motive for doing it, it will get to the bad. Yeah, and we have to always watch our motives. So Adam had good, good and evil existing in him. Amen. But only one of them was functional, and that was what good. We see this truth in the fact that after creating Adam and every other creature, God said Adam and every other thing he created was good. Genesis one verse thirty one. God never said anything was bad. He said it was bad. He said everything was good. He created Adam, he said it was good. Genesis 1, he said, when he created the light, he said it was good. Created everything, he said it was good. Genesis 1, he said everything was what? Very good. And that translation says excellent. Why did God just keep using the word good? Good, good. Why did he keep using the word good? See, there's a reason behind it. See, as I said, when we studied the Bible, it was not the mindset of God. Why did God keep using good, good? After all, Shaq has it. That's it. Lion has it. Calibonos teach. Is that what so? Why did God see lion and say lion you are good? The same lion that today we know that is not good to us. The same shark that we know that today is not good to us. But God said you are good. Why did he say you are good? Because God was, by saying good, he was activating only one thing in creation and that's good. He knew that the words he speaks over creation will be what creation will reveal. And you understand what I'm saying? Yes. The Bible says the words that I speak are spirit and their life. If God has said, okay, man is good, woman is bad. So I don't know where to get this ideology from. After God fear woman, or women are not good. I don't know where to get it from. When after God created everything, he said it was good. Are you getting it? God never created any bad thing. Sex is good, but it can when it's used after the 
occupy the mind becomes bad. So every good thing can be can be made bad. But God only activated good. But there was a potential for bad in the good. Are you getting this point? But God never activated bad because in His plan of things and His scheme of things, nothing was made to be bad. Are you getting it? From when Adam was created till when he ate the food, he was, he, he was concerned about himself, but he was not self-centered. We see this in Genesis chapter 2, verse 23. When Adam recognized that Eve was bone of his bone and flesh of his flesh. You see that? He knew that if, if he was not concerned about himself, he would have known that Eve was bone of his bone and flesh of his flesh. He would have known that Eve was good. Are you getting me? Now, if Adam never saw Eve as bad when she was created, then I don't know when we see things as bad. I mean, you know what I'm saying? When we see women as bad, I don't know where we get it from. Amen. So he recognized her as bone of his bone and flesh because he was concerned about himself. Adam did the raw material for which Eve was made, which was his bone and flesh, because he was concerned about himself. Although Adam was concerned about himself, he was not self centered. Yeah, this very well. This could be very well. There's no between concerned about yourself and being self-centered. While Adam remained concerned about himself, he was naked, but he never knew, so he was not ashamed. Are you getting what I'm saying? When you are concerned about yourself, you carry the glory of God. Yeah. But the moment Adam became self-centered, that moment, he lost the glory and he became ashamed. And then he knew he was naked. So God enforced good to creation. But when creation becomes self-centered, creation activates bad. Yeah. And he says, it's not the devil that makes you bad. No, the devil does not make you bad. You activate bad. Are you understanding? self-centeredness activated bad. Somebody said, you think that it was the fruit of good knowledge of good and evil that made Adam know? No, it was not the fruit that made him know. Are you understand what I'm saying? Knowledge of good and evil was already in him. It was already in him. He was created in the image of the of God. God has the knowledge of good and evil. Are you getting it? Yes. But he chooses to only be good. The devil has the knowledge of good and evil. And he chose to be what? Evil. So, what made the devil evil? Pride, self-centeredness, and I will ascend into the heavens, and I will make my throne in the heavens, and I will be like Elohim. I, I, was I. You see, the only person that says, I am that I am, is Elohim, Yahweh. He told Moses, I am that I am sent you, and he expressed us as his children to get into the community of the I am that I am. Are you know something? But we are little I am's under the great I am. Are you getting me? But Lucifer was not trying to be a little I am. He was trying to be I am himself. Are you getting me? And that's self-centeredness. Not self-consciousness. You have to be conscious of yourself. If not, you get you contract some serious diseases that you can't connect me. You have to go pay for you. It's good to be conscious of yourself. But it's not right to be self-centered. Are we together? Yes. So we can therefore deduce that the knowledge of good means self 
concern, and the knowledge of evil means self-centeredness. Are you hearing something? So in Adam, there was self-concern and there was self-centeredness. Good is self-concern. Evil is self-centeredness. Are you hearing something? Amen. The tree of the Lord of, of the tree of of, of of life and of knowledge of good and evil were put in the middle of the garden, or the center of the garden. Look at it, Genesis 2 verse 6. And I will now make the Lord God to grow every tree that is pleasant to the eyes. That is all the trees were pleasant to the eyes. I mean together. Since and good for food. Number one, were pleasant to the eyes. Number two, they were good for food. Amen. The tree of life also in the midst of the garden. And the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Put on the midst of the garden. Now this was the way God, uh, this was the uh, way God described these trees. The trees were described as was number one, they were pleasant to the eyes. Is that also pleasant? Number two, they were good for food. If they were pleasant and good, the same thing Eve said. If the Bible says, I wish you discovered that the food was pleasant to his eyes and it was good for food. So there's nothing wrong about that. Because that's the way God created them. But what was our motive for taking the final? So the foods were not bad. See, these are deep things anyway. They were not bad foods. <laughs> they were good in the eyes. They didn't have maggots like some we saw some pictorial representation of the fruit that when Eve ate it, all of a sudden you saw that maggots were coming out of the fruit. And that's the that's the they were good, they were healthy fruits. They were healthy fruits. That's why, like we said, like we learned a while that as Christians, our choice is not between good and evil. It's between good and God. They were good fruit. fruits. They were pleasant to the eyes. But the issue was it. The issue was this. What was her motive? Because once she admired the fruit, there was an instruction, don't eat. So long as your this, even if you reluctantly obey God, remember the story that Jesus told, told them before I see earlier, he said, there was a man who told his son, go to my farm for me and go and do some work. I think it was the younger son. And he said, the other son said, I won't go. And he went. While he told the younger one, he said, go to my farm and do for me. And the younger one said, I'll go. And instead of going, he went and he slept. But the elder one who said he would go, later on went. And he asked them, between both souls, who will be the father? And are you serious? The elder one reluctantly obeyed the father, but before the father is favored, is accepted. The, the younger one said, I will obey. But he did not obey. Before the father, he's not favored. So even if Eve had said, I want to eat this food too, but because God says I should not eat, I will not eat. Even if my desire to eat it, let me tell you something, some of the time we deceive ourselves. Some of us we know that it is we will obey, it's not that we like it. And it's not like we think that some of us like fasting. From child we like food. So when you eat fasting, it's torture. Some kind of way to say my fasting prayer. <laughs> so even though I don't like fasting, I do it because it is mandated of me. So even if I obey God just because God said it, not because she wanted to be, not because she doesn't like the fruit, but just because God said it, God does not I'll be there. So 
easy. Obedience is not always easy. As I said, if you be willing and obedient, you need to go to the land. It is easy to be willing sometimes, but obedience could be very difficult. So sometimes you obey against your wish, and that is where motives come in. Are we together? Amen. Praise God. So the fault was good, it was not bad. That means what? Even evil in the fruit was good. Are you understanding? <laughs> That's the technical word to use. But even evil in the fruit was good. Even evil that was present in Adam was good there. But it was good when it was within the confines of self-concern. But the moment self-centeredness came into the picture, evil became evil. Let me explain something to you. The Bible says, God said, I created light and I formed darkness. The same problem. If darkness is not seen as something bad, but he said, I created it. I created light and I formed darkness. And that was, light was created and from light, darkness was formed. That's why it is called lesser light. The greater light to rule the day and the lesser light to do what? Mm. So even in darkness, it is good. But when this within the confines of self-concern and within the confines of God's will, even what that's why the Bible says, and we know that all things work together for good, even the evil. That's why Jesus said, "You meant evil for me, but God did not." In the confines of what self-concern, in the confines of everything is will. But when self-centeredness comes in, even good can become evil. Mm. <laughs> Amen. Right, so this means that the knowledge of good and evil and life were the center, the Bible the tree were the center of life also. Knowledge of good and evil and the knowledge of life and of life were the center. It means that the knowledge of good and evil and the knowledge of life were the center or the core of man's attraction. These things were typological. When it told Set up the garden means the center of man's Let's look around today. Man's core attraction is what? Good. And life. And even evil. Our life revolves around these three things. Good, evil, and life. Are you getting what I'm saying? Yes. But it was unfortunate that good and evil was man's choice because he fell for Satan's deception. Despite the fact that he was warned by God not to make that choice. So get this very wrong. All the fruits were pleasant and they were good for food. Okay, there was a choice of good and evil there in the center. It's not only see, most of the time when we hear there were two trees. We think that good and evil was in the center. We always thought that it was in the center, and then life was in another location far. So they could not track far. No, both of them were in the center. So if man was to make a choice at all, he should have even took taking life instead of knowledge of what. But the devil that he challenged was his own, what he came to fight was not like fight. His own fight was this glory that, he, that God took from me and he put on this man. I must take I must make sure that this glory leave this man. And the same shame and suffering, this man will suffer So that's why he tell the man to go for life. Some trees have fruits, fruits that were pleasant to the eye. But the devil never tempted man to go for the tree of life. He tempted him to go for the tree of good and evil so that shame will become his portion. <laughs> Understand the tactics of the devil. That's why the Bible says, when they drove, when, when God told man 
and he told them out when he brought them, he told he told the Elohim spoke to them and said, We have to drive one out of this garden. Because now they are eating the tree of good and evil. So they will not come back and eat the tree of what? Life. Why? Because that tree is symbolic for Jesus. If Adam had eaten or come back to eat that tree, Jesus would have not been to come the second time. And you John 14 verse 6, Jesus when he says, I have to be the truth and the what? Life. So Jesus was that tree. He says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus did not say, I am the good, the evil, and the life. You see, the place in the center of the garden, there were three things they spoke of. Good, evil, and life. Jesus did not come to be the good, the evil, and the life. Jesus came and said, I want the way, the truth, and the life. So he removed good and evil from the picture. Our, our pursuit in Jesus is not good and evil. Our pursuit in Jesus is what? Life. So, let's not let go back. If not, they will eat of the tree of life and Adam will become Jesus. The first Adam will not become the last Adam after committing sin. And the last Adam was meant to be a sinless man. So, the first Adam would have been a man that was sinless, committed sin, and became what? No, it's not permitted. Then, we have not needed Jesus. So God said, no, try them out, because the patient was balanced. Since they are fallen, the last Adam will be a sinless man. He follow, he cannot from a sinless man become what? A, a, a sinful man and not become a sinless man. He will break the whole equation. It's only you and I that were given the privilege to be born as sinful men. And then do what? Become what? Sinless men. <laughs> But Adam was not given that privilege, and you know what I'm saying? Amen. Yeah. Right. The Venerable Dictionary defines centeredness as mainly concerned about or involved with something specified. So self-centeredness is what? Being mainly concerned about or involved with yourself. There's nothing wrong with being concerned about yourself. In fact, it is right to be concerned about yourself. But the problem arises when one is mainly concerned about or involved with himself. There's a problem there. This means that no one else and nothing else matters but you. For such a person, life is built around him or her, not around God. This was not the kind of life God wanted Adam to live. That was the same mistake Lucifer made. And the same mistake he made Adam made. And God said, no, 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 you made what you made. I made you to replace you. I made you to, to succeed where you see if I failed. And you have failed the same failure. Thank God for the last time. So you don't build life around yourself. That's self-centeredness. Are you know something? Adam became self-centered after he ate the fruit of knowledge of good and evil. This means that the tree of knowledge of good and evil produced the fruit which exposed self-centeredness in man. Are you know something? Self-centeredness in man was a dormant energy. Are you know what I'm saying? But self-concern was a kinetic energy. It was ready at home. When Adam ate that fruit, it exposed it. Are you know what I'm saying? Yes. It exposed it. Amen. And this reveals man's inability to control good and evil. Are you understand what I'm saying? Yes. Nakedness is exposure of what was meant to be covered. Are you understand what I'm saying? 
man of God will always become man. So eating the fruit was actually the act of being naked. It's not just that after they eat the fruit, you know, by eating that fruit, they expose what you're going to become man. So the act of eating the fruit was the act of making necessary. And man, as a mortal, lacks the ability to control good and evil. With his flesh, he has ability to control, he lacks ability to control good and evil. Only the immortal Elohim has the ability to control good and evil and chose to be good. He gave man that privilege and that blessing by from creation, he said, good, good, good. Now, when a woman gives birth to a child, what she calls the child is a baby, he lives after that also. And so God, but before God created Adam, he started speaking good into earth. And then after creating Adam, he spoke good again. So man, we hear the first one man heard from God was one good. Now that was let everything align to good. Man, don't follow evil. But the devil will after man. Are you understand what I'm saying? Why? Because man, you cannot handle good and evil together. Even today, can we handle it? That's why we are told that power corrupts. Absolute power corrupts what? Absolutely. Power is the ability to man to manage good and evil. What is tyranny? Tyranny is getting to a point where you, you can do anything and nobody can question you. Is that also? And at that point, that's when you see the monsters come out in there. <laughs> and that was what God knew that man could not manage as a mortal being. With this flesh, he could not manage it. As a perfect man, he could manage only good. But the moment he takes, he becomes self-centered. He, he drops from being a perfect man to what? A mortal imperfect man. And so from the beginning, God said, stay with good. If you stay with good, you remain a perfect man. But if you want to manage good and evil, there's a problem. You will drop from a perfect man to what? A mortal imperfect man. Are you understanding? Although God never wanted man to expose his inability to to control good and evil, he did not want to force man to live within the confines of his restrictions. Are we together? So he gave man choice power and also gave him the opportunity to exercise him by telling him not to eat of the fruit. This is God. God does not create cyborgs. He does not create zombies. He does not create robots. He creates choice beings. The reason for this was that God made man a choice being, not a robot. Number two, from when Adam and Eve were created, nothing made them focus on themselves. And this was because their focus was on God. Nothing made them focus on themselves. They were all focusing on God. But it got to a point, after Lucifer studied the person that would easily lose focus from God, and he saw that it was Eve. He investigated it was to remove focus from God to her. So, child of God, here is very low. The devil is still studying you. He doesn't know you. He doesn't, especially the new creature. The new creature is a, is a mystery to the devil. But he's still studying you. That's why there should be nothing that should give the devil a pass on you. Amen. Self centeredness is the beginning and the cause of eternal death. That's why we must live our life centered on Christ. We must live our life centered on Jesus, not on ourselves. The moment the devil looks at you and he has told you and he knows an area where you are not centered on Christ, that is where he tempts you from. That's where he attacks your glory from. Yeah. Mm. He looked at another man, Eve. 
And it's so that the person who always complain about that photos, if always not complain, always asking about that photos, if every time they're passing if it's okay, Adam is not really concerned about the food. You know, so many times men overlook, and you don't blame if men think with one side of their brain, women think with two sides of their brain. Men are not very analytic, women are very analytic. Men think like macaronis, women think like spaghetti. So when men just give them information, they just take it hook, line, and sinker, okay. But when you go, when you go and talk to them, you might say, ah, what are you saying? Say, yeah, you don't understanding what they are saying, what that person is saying, it happens to be. Most of the time, people give information, I just take it like that. But when I talk to my wife, she says, ah, so you don't understand what the person is saying. I say, after one I don't understand her. See what the person is trying to do. I say, eh, serious. I never saw it in that life. So you don't blame of the strength of Eve and use it as a weakness to Adam. That's why as husbands you must pray for your wife. Are you understanding? Because her strength can become your weakness. It's a women like to know the details. They are very analytical. Men take it chunk and they move. But women are lies. So when Eve kept on trying to get the reason behind the reason for the reason, why Paul said he shouldn't give the food? Adam would have taken that time to give the details. And would have saved himself that. Are you something? So the devil always looks for a weak point. It may not be a strength, but it can turn into a weakness. To strike. And that was what he did. And by taking of that food, Adam and Eve moved from self-concern to self-centeredness. And that is, that is eternal death. When we move from self-concern to self-centeredness, this is what happened. The devil has succeeded in removing the glory from you. And you have succeeded in what? Removing your focus from God to yourself. And that is eternal death. But Jesus came to destroy eternal death by his self-sacrifice. The sacrifice of himself. By doing that, remember, he said, Lord, not as I will, but yours be done. He removed the focus from himself and put it on God. So, with this, we can understand what eternal death means. You see, we are always amplifying eternal death so much. I think the teaching was wrong, but I've already ended it. We always amplify eternal death and maybe look like it's just going to hell for you. But many people are already rehearsing eternal death, even though they are born again. Are you something? They are rehearsing it. Though they are born again, they are rehearsing it. The devil is taking the glory of your life in different areas, and you are not sensitive about it. He's taking the glory of your life in your finances. You have argued tithe, you have offering, you have argued sacrificial giving. The devil knows that the more he makes Christians argue these things, the gospel of Jesus will not be found there. And the Bible says, true prosperity shall be a city be spread abroad. And the devil knows that the city, which is the church of Jesus, has to spread abroad through prosperity, through finances. And so what does he do? He brings some stupid people to come and hoodwink believers, so they stop giving to the work of the Lord, and he gives them reasons why they don't have to give, and he, by doing that, what happens? The devil is taking the glory of these people, and then he knows that, the Bible knows, he knows that the Bible says, give and it shall be given unto you. He said, it is, the Bible does not say, give and understand what they are using your giving for. No! No! It is saying, give and, 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 and audit your church books. And you see, that's what I like teaching. That's why I like studying. And I will not have a teacher, I'm still a student. 
Because when we can analyze this thing suddenly, we know the chess game. The guy is a bad guy. We know the chess game. So the same game becomes a place for you and he tells you tight and tells you this. We understood this morning of her and why Anna had dealt with frustration of, of Elkana. The devil was waiting for her with an ally and both at ease. If you had dealt with Elkana's frustration and dealt with it and worn down and she didn't win Eli's frustration, she would have lost her miracle. The devil keeps waiting for us. And he wants to think about glory. He took he is taking your glory in your finances. He makes you tell, he tells you why you have to pay tight. You have you can pay twice. Don't give 10%. You can start by giving 2%. That's twice. He said you can give five. You can start by giving five percent. It was only it was only Jacob, Joseph that made the, 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 the Egyptians give fights to Pharaoh. One fifth of their, their produce should be given to Pharaoh. It was, it was never given to God, it was given to Pharaoh. So anytime you are giving fights, you are not giving. You are giving it away. You are giving it to God. So they come with all these plenty, plenty arguments and vain babblings telling you you can pay twice, you can pay fights, you can pay sights. One sixth, one seventh inside. You can pay eight. You can pay ninth. It must not be tight. You can pay trite. You can pay fight. You have no nonsense. All that demon satanic chest game to make you not lose your glory. And he comes and tells him fornication is not a sin. He knows that satanic chest game. Chest. And then once you lose it, once you lose your glory, your finances, the next thing he tells you your, your wife is a witch. And you wake up and give a threat to a brother and say, if I don't kill you, then know that I am not fake. If I don't kill your son, then know I am not fake. And then the same guy will say, yes, right on, right on, we are talking. Yes, because he wants you to lose that glory by all means. He's pushing you. And you are giving him threat and you say, I will lift up to my threat. And, and then you wake up and go to an office and it is seven bullets into her life and end her destiny, end her life. And then you say you have fulfilled, you have lost your glory. The same chess game. And once you lose the glory, you speak up on that is eternal death loading. <laughs> Except you come back to the glory.
self-centered man who ends up in glory. And life and history we never see. They always end up in shame. When self becomes a reason for living, shame is a loss. When self becomes a reason for living, eternal death is loaded. It takes only Christ to help you. It must be Jesus and Jesus alone. That's what Apostle Paul said that he said, he said, John, John, sorry, John said, and I may decrease, and it may be that he may increase. Apostle Paul said, I'm crucified with Christ, never less than he, let not I, but the life and I live, I live by him who gave himself for me. Not I, but Christ. Oh, Jesus, we pray this morning. We look up to you, and we ask that you empower us never to be self-centered in the name of Jesus. Amen. Empower us to always keep our focus on you, to always make you the center of our existence, always make you the reason for our living Amen. in the name of Jesus. And if there's anybody here at the sound of my voice, and around that has been living a self-centered life. And today you want to say, Jesus, I want to make you the center of my life. If you know that your life has been self-centered, whether you claim to be born again or not born again, so long as your life has been centered, and this is going to be very well, Jesus is not the center. Mm. If you know you want to bring Jesus to the center of your life, and you want a Jesus-centered life, say this prayer after me. Dear Lord Jesus, I believe and I know that I am a sinner. I know that I have fallen short of your glory, but today I come to you. I receive you as my Lord and Savior, and I choose to make you the center of my life and existence. I choose to follow you all the days of my life. Thank you, Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Lord, I pray for everyone who was under the sound of my voice, and everyone who has taken this decision. I pray, Lord Jesus, that you become the center of their life. And I pray for the grace to follow you all the days of their life. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord and King. In the name of Jesus. We believe you have been blessed by this teaching. We invite you to watch more Techings on Plerud by Pastor Chumdi Ohahuna. You can subscribe and watch our YouTube channel for more videos or listen via Grace Life Podcast on Anchor FM. Grace to you.